Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey guys, welcome back to Cheaper Than Therapy. So this was a really powerful coaching session mm-hmm. for us, Yavi. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. I mean, I don't think either one of us realized how um, emotional this one was going to get, or honestly, how much it was going to kind of stay with us. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we both felt really impacted by what we heard her going through, and just how sort of raw and oh God, fresh, the amount of pain that Artie was in. Just went through some grief with her. And, um, you know, she recently lost her fiance, which she'll speak more to. But I think the thing for me after listening to it uh, and going back that I wanted to touch upon for listeners, for those people who, you know, either are therapists or coaches or people who are listening who aren't themselves, obviously doing what we're doing. You know, I thought this was actually a good episode to let people in on why we as therapists or coaches choose to pick out certain things that people say and choose to not touch on certain things people say, Mm. right? Um, I think it's important to understand that therapy is kind of an art form. There's not an exact science to it, right? And first off, it's always a fluid conversation um, and there's always a million different ways that it could go, right? But I think in this one in particular, there were some, I don't want to say red flags, but let's put it this way. If RD was my long-term client, there would be a lot of different avenues that we would eventually go down, but we chose to keep it on the grief, right? We chose to not grab onto some of the other things that she talked about and, and take, take those avenues instead. 
you actually spoke to that in a way in the episode in Mm -hmm. that, you know, this process of healing is a process Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I think you so beautifully said that like, we don't unpack it all at once. Mm -hmm. And I think in the back of our minds, sometimes as therapists, there's a lot of things we're thinking about, like in terms of the context of time, where this person is in their grief Mm -hmm. and you know, what they might be ready to sort of look at at this moment. You know, I think her pain was just so raw. I think we really felt it viscerally as the three of us were talking, you know, to your point, I think we're, we were aware that at this stage, it's literally, how do I get through the day? How do I keep breathing when the pain is in front of the other? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, for people who maybe aren't familiar with therapy or haven't themselves done their own work yet um, to know that we are always managing and kind of juggling those balls behind the scenes. Mm. Um, And a lot of times your therapist or your coach might hear something and kind of store it away for later, but there's a reason in their gut that they choose not to maybe bring something up in that moment. And I think you're right. I think I actually did say to her, you know, I don't think you're ready to go there yet. And I actually mm-hmm. use something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people listening, you, you'll probably be able to pick up on exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there were some big codependency flags. There were some things that I know in her own work in the future down, you know, down the path that she will have a real opportunity to work on uh, should she choose, you know, in, in moving forward in new relationships, but she wasn't there and she wasn't ready. And so I think there was actually a conscious decision that both of us made to keep it really present and mm. keep it really focused on just her every moment of the day. Like, like we said, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. One breath at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a bit heavy, but I do think it's uh, a good one. And I think hopefully you guys will take away some awesome stuff just like we did. We always do. Today we are talking to RD. RD wrote in saying that she'd love to do one of these Zoom sessions, laser sessions, whatever they're called. Um, and you know, the hope for these is obviously for you to gain insight, hopefully, but also you know, somebody out there might resonate and it, it might also affect them and help them as well. So RD, your, your story is really powerful. You lost your fiance to suicide at the beginning of the year. And in general, I would say really what came through for me with your writing was just obviously the grief around that and the struggle. Um, So why don't you just give us a snippet? So like, yeah, like you said, um, my fiance um, killed himself a couple days before Christmas, Mm. um, which was the worst Christmas gift ever. (laughs) And um, life has just been kind of a mess since then. And now we have a pandemic, which makes everything a mess, (laughs) um, which has had both negative and I don't want to say positive, but like it's, it's been interesting now that the whole world is grieving how it's affected like the way that I've been feeling. But this was like a little background on, on him. This was not a, I don't want to say unexpected, but he had a lot of ideation Ever since we met, we we were together for almost five years, um, trying to find solutions, um, you know, a way for him to get better, feel better. Um, he was actually a therapist himself. Uh, he taught meditation. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, this person does everything right with their life, and yet mm-hmm. they are completely miserable. 
and take their own life because they cannot get away from the pain. So, you know, a lot of our relationship was dealing with that, dealing with the depression, with the anxiety. And I know that I have codependent tendencies, which kind of really just like fit into that slot really well. I was talking to a friend the other night and I, I said something that I had noticed recently that, you know, when he was alive, if I'd come home from work and I was kind of tired or whatever, you know, he'd be like, oh, but, you know, we need to eat and I'm hungry and, you know, we need to eat health. Like he was a huge health buff, he went to the gym every day at 5 a.m., like amazing physical shape, very handsome. <laughs> but just as he would say, his brain was on fire all mm. the time. Um, and there was no, like, respite from it. He tried over, like, 12 different kinds of medications. He w- did multiple kinds of therapy. He tried a five-day-a-week intensive therapy for personality, people with personality disorders, which I hate that term anyway. But, um, and as a therapist himself, that was both good and bad because... Um, I mean, we all know the physician heal thyself, like often right. doctors make the worst patients. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, we tried so many things. He tried some um, microdosing of psychedelics. We tried ECT, like literally everything. Everything. Um, and so now that he's gone, you know, I come home. Well, <laughs> I am home now because there is no coming home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I am working uh, virtually from home, but it's like if I'm tired, I just don't eat like all of the things that would be considered like self-care that you know I did for us now that he's gone I can't I don't I just don't care I just can't um get the motivation to do it and it's you know it's bad (laughs) um and so I just am trying to figure out like how to come out of that I have a friend who's a life coach and we had been talking, but very recently, even he was like, he's like, this is big D depression. This is beyond my scope. I am just a life coach. You cannot like this. I can't help you with this. Um, So now I'm just trying to figure out what, what I need to do. Obviously probably actually find a therapist, even though it is expensive. Um, But just even to start out while I'm looking for a therapist in this crazy time that we're having, like dealing with the fact that everyone is kind of grieving at the same time, but like, I'm like extra grieving. Mm -hmm. So these conversations now are weird where people are like, Oh man, I know I feel so terrible all the time. And I'm like, you don't feel the kind of terrible that I feel. (laughs) Not that you're kind, not that your feeling of terrible is any less than, you know, it's not that it isn't valid. It's still very valid. Like people are losing their loved ones every day but it's just a little different and it's weird and desensitizing and triggering all at the same time. Mm. And so I just like, I wake up and don't know what to do with my life. (laughs) I want to acknowledge to, you know, I mean, look, as we're recording this, it's what it's been not even four months. Yes. And so I heard you say, you know, I want to get through this or how do I get through this? And I know that I'm not going to say something that you've probably not thought about or heard before. Part of it is time, which none of us want to hear because we'd (laughs) so much rather be over it and done with it now because there is no pain greater than grief, especially grieving a loved one. There's no pain greater than that, honestly. Yeah. 
but I just, you know, not saying that to shut it down. I just, I'm saying that to kind of remind us, right. Bring us back to the present and say, wow, I'm still standing. Oh my God. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> right. I mean, even if standing means laying on the couch all day, you're here. And yeah. I actually think that that, when you say, I, I want to get through it, I want to get over it. I mean, that, that in itself is, in my opinion, a huge accomplishment. You're, and you're here, here meaning like with us, here talking about it, here talking with your friend who's a life coach, right? Like you're in it. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. But intellectually, I know that like it's not something you get over. It's not mm-hmm. like a breakup where right. you're just like, oh yeah, we went our separate ways. Like right. this was my soulmate. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> there are all these weird added things of like, you know, when he would tell me that I was the only reason he was still alive, but now he's dead. So that adds a lot of like heavy feelings. Like, I don't want to say blame, but at the same time, it's like, well, what didn't I do enough of? Mm. Mm, And and you said it yourself, right? That coupled with knowing that you have codependent tendencies. I mean, it's a double whammy for you. Yeah. Well, and I'm just so struck, Artie, by the way that you are able to, to your point, intellectualize Mm -hmm. and understand so much of this. And yet this is so tender. This is so fresh. And I think the way that you spoke to being in this time where collectively we are experiencing grief, I feel like what I have been thinking for all of us, but for you especially, is that there's got to be some lowering of expectations to Vanessa's point, a little bit of grace that I think you really have to give yourself right now. This is so, this just happened. The days that I feel like I get up and I connect with one person, you reached out to Vanessa, which to me is like, oh my God, the Mm -hmm. strength um, to say, I want to have a conversation about this Mm -hmm at this point to me is miraculous. You know, Mm -hmm. it is, there just aren't the words to Mm -hmm. put to the amount of pain I know you're experiencing right now. Yeah, thank you. It's just, yeah, like it's hard to, because I also, (laughs) it's one of those things like I intellectually know that no one can actually like it's not like someone can do this for you. No one can Mm -hmm. grieve for you. No one can get acclimated like you can't no one can actually help (laughs) and that's the other part that's so horrible because like the only thing that would help would be him and Mm -hmm. he's never coming back I mean obviously I think we all are on the same page when I say this out loud that this is something and I think your friend who's a coach is right I mean grief is you have to go through your own process of grief right it looks different for all of us but I do think and I think you're on this path finding somebody that you can actually sort through this with is going to be really helpful for you because even in just the short top line that you gave us I think there's so many layers to this and here's the thing the intellect wants to sift through the layers as quickly as possible put them into little boxes, right? Check them off, make sense of them, understand them, categorize them. And that's not how it works, right? And, you know, when I'm, when I'm first starting to work with a new client, the Im- image I always give them is I always say, you know, it's like unpacking a really overstuffed suitcase. And what I say to them is when we start our work together, 
my job as a therapist is not to go to the bottom of the suitcase and pull out the thing on the very bottom. Because when you think about pulling out the thing on the very bottom, what do you think about? The whole thing explodes, right? And the clothes go everywhere. And I think for you, the grace that Danae was talking about partly has to pertain to you have a very overstuffed suitcase right now. And the process is going to be taking things off the top, folding them gently. And when you're ready, putting them away and then taking the next piece and folding it gently and putting them away. And if we rush too quickly to pull the thing from the bottom, it's, it's destabilizing, right? And there's yeah. so many layers to this, right? And I think to your point, the codependency, the feeling that, you know, and he specifically verbalized it, that you were the only reason he was still here, um, which, you know, you said, it's not like I feel guilt or blame. Well, sure, you can feel guilt and blame. Like, of course you feel that. I would feel that. Intellect says I shouldn't feel that way. But the emotion is real. And it makes sense that that would be the emotion, right? He had, you know, all of these struggles for years. You were there for him through all of it. The self-care was both of your self-care and now you're struggling. I mean, there's so many, it's so complex. And I just want to, I want to put that out there, right? I want to name that for you. Yeah. You know, I just want to echo that, that I really feel at this point, Artie, there is no feeling that you feel that is not justified everything you feel. And I think that a little bit becomes your work. I get to feel whatever I feel. It is all understandable, welcome, accepted. Yes. All of it. You know, there's no shouldn't here. Like, yep. No such thing as shouldn't for you. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And I think to today's point, that's, that's going to be a part of this early work for you. Like dipping. Yeah. And I say early, cause like we said, it's only been three months, right? dipping your toe in the water of grief is going to be, holy shit, Pandora's box. All of these emotions are here. Period. Yeah. Is there, I mean, like, <laughs> it's true. Like, I, I definitely recognize that there is, like, so much work to do. Because <laughs> in a way, like, you know, we're all little messes <laughs> in, our, yes. in our own, in our own mm -hmm. way. Yes. And a lot of my life before was like being like, oh, I'm a little bit of a mess, but you know, I'm trying to save someone's life so I can kind of let that go, which sometimes became a point of contention as well. You know, like if you like, well, you're not taking care of yourself, like how am I going to take care of myself? And, <laughs> mm. um, and things like that, but just trying to like, you know, of course, everyone who sees this or hears about it is like, you know, of course you take your time and be gentle with yourself and this and like, these are all the things that we should do. And of course that we should say, but then like there's the world and reality mm -hmm. and jobs and careers that mm -hmm. aren't going to wait. Yes. Don't if someone died, like mm -hmm. we'll leave you behind in the dust. And how do you like navigate that? Like I'm, in an industry that you have to stay on top of. And if you don't, it will leave you behind. Mm -hmm. But I just like barely care, except for the fact that I'm like, well, if I can get through this and if I'm, you know, if I'm here in five years, I don't want to be starting at ground zero again. Right. Do you feel like it's, um, do you feel like, I mean, right now it's hard to say, cause again, it's so fresh, but when you're in the work, um, your actual work, 
I know you say it's hard to care. Is there ever a time where it feels like it's a kind of a way to compartmentalize and I don't want to say escape, but is there, is there ever a time when you're in it and you're able to forget? Um, I don't even like the word forget. I don't know even channel. Like, I, I feel like yeah. I hear what you're saying, like channel the energy towards like, this is what I'm focused on so that I can sort of um, have something to do other than be in this pain. In the grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I would say yes and no. Cause mm-hmm. there is that weird, like, this is all stupid and, and you know, this is all pointless. None it, right. And, none of it's you know, working. Why didn't we just mm-hmm. move away to a foreign country together? But I wanted to stay where we were because I was, I had to stay because of my career, which now seems so stupid. Like, yes, we should have moved away. And RD, I'm going to stop you right there. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. Again, the, it would have followed him. It sounds like this has been his, that was his struggle. That was his life for a very long time and probably long before you met him. Yeah. He told me some about, you know, before, before we met. Um, You know, it's so hard because we were talking to someone who was talking about um, mental health the other day and she explained it in a way that I hadn't heard someone talk about it, but just the brain being sick. It was a sick brain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you sort of said something like that in regard to your fiance, that, that he said his brain was on fire, you know? Yeah. And I think that is the thing that is so hard to yeah. reconcile, that we want to feel like, oh, how could I have saved him? How could I have done something? And wherever he went, you know, I hear Vanessa saying, and, and I think she's right, that his brain would have been sick there too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And he and I had a lot of conversations like that, eh, going back and forth between, you know, like, well, maybe moving would help, but at the same time, you know, wherever you go, there you are. So, <sighs> and just the amount of work that he tried to do, and yet people still were like, well, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like, like the same coach friend who, you know, they're a life coach, so they approach things differently sometimes when I'm like, I'm just so sad, I'm miserable. And he's like, well, that's a choice you're making. And I'm like, is it though? Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't get <laughs> Danae and I <laughs> We're like, <laughs> oh my God, no. Like, no, at what point not. are we choosing, you know, it's like, we can't choose our feelings. We can quote unquote, choose how we deal with them. But at what point is that no longer true? But you know not what, mental illness is real mental illness is real yeah right this is not somebody we're not talking about somebody who was in a slump and who was feeling sorry for themselves and couldn't right you know this you know this better than anybody this is mental illness we're talking about with a capital m and a capital i you cannot positive psychology your way out of (laughs) mental illness and i don't care who hears this that gets pissed off or ruffled by that especially coaches out there it doesn't work no, and it needs to be said because it does yes. such a disservice to people that are Damaging. suffering. You know, it feels like we can't Ooh, be I'm honest. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm literally sweating right now. That's actually <laughs> infuriating. It really is. Yeah. Um, because it's shaming, you know, mm-hmm. it really is. And um, when people are suffering, they are doing the best they can to keep their head above water every single day that they wake up. Yeah. And you know that better than anyone, Rudy. Yeah. And I would put you in that category too, not just mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I think that that's something, you know, maybe, and this might be something that you reflect on months down the road, right? Because while Danae and I can talk to you about all of these different things and you're, you are where you are and it's so fresh that sometimes it's hard for us to hear different layers, right? This is what I was saying about that suitcase. But you are also a person in this relationship that mm. was suffering with her own struggles, right? In relation to him who was also struggling. Yeah. And what I think is happening right now, and again, this is, I, I do believe this might be too early for you to not only hear, but really take in and process. What's happening right now is now you have been left to tend to no one else but yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is probably almost more destabilizing than the loss of him as, as your soulmate. Because yeah. you can't channel that energy into taking care of somebody else anymore. The mirror is totally and 100% focused on you. And holy shit, is that scary and hard. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And I know that I'm tra- like transferring transference mm-hmm. a lot of stuff just because he's not here. So I'm like, oh man, like just the tiniest things just like put me on edge. The tiniest like hiccup in my day. Mm-hmm. And I'm destroyed. And I'm like, that's exactly how he was. And I never understood. It's like, oh, this person, you know, made you wait on the phone and you're like about to jump off a building. And before now, and I feel like a lot of people and anyone neurotypical who isn't dealing with like a mental illness struggle, we look at these things and we see a lazy person or we Mm. see a person who wants to be taken care of because they just don't want to do it. And it's like, Mm. but that's not, like, sure, there are people like that, but sometimes it just literally is that everything, it's like your, your body and your brain and your existence is, like, made of needles, so when anything mm. touches you, it just is, like, it lights everything on fire. That's yes. such a good yes. visual. I was, you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking almost like, I was thinking of like your nerve endings being on fire. They're like exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when you have the flu and like you touch your, your touch your arm and you're like, oh God, it hurts. Right. It's like that every little fiber of your being is on fire. And that's such a good visual. It's like needles. Yeah. Yes. But it's like, I don't have the same mental health issue as he did. I have my own mental health issues, but they're not the same. But those needles right now are real for you because, girl, you are raw with a capital R. Yeah. Right? Again, this is the grace that Danae was talking about. You are raw. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what do your baby steps look like right now? You know, like what are little things that I can start to do to nurture myself? Little baby steps of things I can do because, you know, you have this awareness already that what my tendency is is to outward focus Mm -hmm. how's everybody else how's you know my loved one doing um and where am i in that and now i am left in a place where i have no choice but to be with me how can i start to little baby steps every day of just like one thing that might feel good maybe that's like a little longer of a hot shower you know (laughs) Might be getting dressed. Yeah. Honestly, that is a baby <laughs> step. And that doesn't feel yeah. like a baby step. Sometimes that feels like a real big step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just feel like there's just no such thing as a should for you right now. 
even that is like a struggle. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I should be doing it. It's like, no, you shouldn't. But then my brain's like, well, but. Right. And that's what we were saying earlier. It, we do it. <laughs> we want to compartmentalize. We want to make sense of, we want to, you know, that it, that's totally fair that that's happening. And here's the thing that that's also a feeling. And so there's also room for that too. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a total normal coping strategy. I would be doing the same things and I would be doing the same thing, right? I mean, we just lost somebody very close to us not that long ago. And I'm sure Danae and I were all left brain trying to make sense of things, right? It's, it's what we do as humans. We want things to make sense. And it's also what we do to defend against dropping into how painful these feelings are, right? Like I, yes. I intellectualize what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be feeling, because as I'm in my head a little bit more, I don't have to stay in my body and I'm not feel in my body. all of this. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. And as scary as that feels and sounds, you know, that that might be another little baby step to try is that I would say, especially right now, when you're pretty much, you know, the four corners of your house are the only place that you're roaming, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. taking a walk is I would keep my journal by me at all times, honestly. And I'm sure, you know, you could do an actual journaling exercise, but for me right now, if I were you, I think the baby step would be any time a feeling comes up, I would write it down. Yeah. And I mean, any time any feeling comes up, annoyance, rage, sadness, I mean, literally all of the above. Disappointment in myself, um, judgment, right? I mean, we could go on and on. Because I think to Danae's point, this is the over-intellectualizing. And if we can drop back into right now, I'm in a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. Even if we drop in quickly and then pull back out, at least we've dipped our toe in there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. About two months ago, I was journaling. I was trying to journal every day and it's since dropped off. Don't mm-hmm. make it a more terrible discipline. <laughs> Right. Well, here's the thing. That's just one more thing that we can beat ourselves up for. I'm a shitty, I can't do journaling because I'm, you know. I should be journaling. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So don't turn it into a homework assignment. Even if it's your phone and whenever something comes up, you just jot it down in a note on your phone and keep a running list. Yeah. That's what I would do. This is more about just going naming, 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 naming. Yeah. Yeah. And the RD, the, you know, the other thing I just wanted to say is that I feel like so much of your journey at this point and the work moving forward is about how do I learn to hold myself and take care of myself and just feel the awareness of my resilience. Oh my God, your resilience. Um, and for me, you reaching out and saying like, I want to connect and have a conversation about where I'm at with this. That feels not at all like a baby step. That feels mm-hmm. like such a big step to me at this point. I'm, I'm in awe. And um, yeah, I think um, your resilience is potent and um, you know, just as much grace as you can possibly give yourself right now, I think is the work. Thank you. Yeah it's so hard not to want to just fix yourself. Mm. It's like, just fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, to today's point, that's part of the work. Yeah. And if you could turn that feeling, like if you could turn wanting to fix it into an emotion, into a feeling, mm. you know, what would that, what would that be? Do you think? I think it would be disappointment and frustration. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. 
at the world more than anything else, like at the system, which I feel like failed him mm-hmm. when he was someone who literally changed lives around the world. Um, what he did, uh, literally, like around the world, I've, I've been getting messages from people all across in all different countries talking about, you know, what he did for them when they were young. And it's like, well, no one helped him, though. No one could help. So there's a lot of anger there that I don't know how to let go of yet. Mm -hmm. Because it's really broken. And yet, nothing can take away all the amazing things he did for those people. Thank God. Thank God he was here. Right? And I'm sure they would say the same. I'm sure they have. They have, (laughs) for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I'm sure that you will continue to have, um, you know, greater moments of making meaning and, and clarity about how you're holding this and understanding this. But I think for right now, exactly where you are is where you need to be to Vanessa's point. You know, it's one thing at a time. I don't need to clear all the suitcase out. That's, (laughs) that's actually not going to serve me at this point. All it's going to do is make the room a mess. Mm. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> you're not sure. you're not putting away slowly. You're like, ripping it out, and then it goes everywhere. Like I said, and that you know that doesn't help. We yeah. want to, but that's not helpful. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I'll I'll say this again. I'm probably not saying anything you haven't heard, but you know, this is not a linear process. You yeah. know, a month from now, you might be like, "Oh shit, I'm feeling really good," <laughs> and then the next day, you're not going to get out of bed. Yeah. You know, and then the next day you're going to be a raging, like, who knows why, right? Exactly. (laughs) Like ripping everyone's head off, you know, and that's okay. Cause that's what this looks like. It doesn't mean you've taken steps backward. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean you're not working through it. It means that's what grief looks like. And I want you to kind of remember that, tuck that away. So when you are having those bad days, because you will even a year, right? (laughs) Let's like blink our eyes. Even a year from now, you will. Yeah. You can remember that. This is just a bad day. It's a and, one. <laughs> yeah. And six months from now, a year from now, you will feel different than you do totally. right now. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> you will. You will. We know so. Oh, Artie, I know that Vanessa and I both are going to be thinking about you. Um, so if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and just sending us a note, um, let us know how you're doing please keep in touch with us. Keep us updated. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And, and let me know too. You know, I know, I don't know what the situation is with work and insurance as far as, you know, seeing, finding a therapist. I mean, the beauty of right now of all this is that all therapists are doing telehealth, which is kind of great. But also, you know, if you are struggling to find somebody, reach out to Danae and I, because we do have some referrals. I'm sure we could send your way and oh, that would be great. Yeah. In touch with somebody. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thank you both so much. Mm-hmm. my heart is with you just yes. grace 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 take care of you okay thank you and you guys be safe too in this crazy new yeah. world we're living in we're all trying <laughs> yeah right. be well we'll speak soon okay okay thanks okay. Bye. bye thanks for joining us for this episode of cheaper than therapy If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com